0: Okay, good morning. We're continuing, I think, one of the most exciting passages in the Bible Jesus' last words to his disciples. Uh, They've sat around the the Last Supper table, the Passover table, and it is pretty well his last opportunity to give some in depth uh, final words to his disciples. And if you see the Sermon on the Mount as perhaps a very basic foundation course to being a disciple of Jesus, this Teaching here is like the going on to maturity course and it's got so much in it and we're in John 15 this morning and there's so much in this passage that we won't be able to go into in depth. I hope it's some, a lot of it stuck in your mind as uh, Chick's read it wonderfully before. Um, you know, a good speaker will be able to communicate clearly the what of what they want you to know. The information they want you to learn and understand. And uh, what is the what of this passage? You've all heard it. PJ, you look as though you're an intelligent man. What's the what of this passage? Bearing fruit. Bearing fruit is the what. Now, does that excite you? I see some of you blinking a little faster than normal. That's good. A good speaker will then tell you how... To apply the what. How you apply it, how you live it out, uh, how you make the most of it in your life. So what's the how of this passage? Another intelligent... Dave Wright. Oh, thank you. I didn't really set them up beforehand. Um, An even better speaker will tell you the why. The why. The why is what grabs people. And Jesus was brilliant at doing this in the Sermon on the Mount. He gave the why right up the front. You'll be blessed. You will inherit the kingdom of God. You will be comforted. You will see God. You'll be called children of God. You'll get rewards. And the crowd thought, wow, I want to get into this. And in this passage, Jesus brilliantly gives us the why's. They're coming up any moment now. Verse 2. Why? So that you can live a really full, fruitful life. And we all said, okay, a few of us did. Verse 4, so that we can remain in Jesus and he remains in us. Do you want Jesus to remain in you? I think that's exciting. Six, verse 7 and 16, you can ask whatever you wish and you'll get it. Now that's a challenge, isn't it? But that's Jesus' promise. If we really remain in him, he will answer Our prayers, so that we can bring glory to the Father. I love that one. Do you want to bring glory to God? What a privilege that is. So that I can show the world I'm Jesus' disciple, proud to be. So that I can remain in Jesus' love. There's no better love, is there? So that Jesus will call me his friend. You know, lots of people know that God loves them, but they're not sure God likes them. And if you're Jesus' friend, he likes you as well as loves you. And lastly, because Jesus chose you and appointed you, he chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will last. And we respond to that call, don't we? We want to do it. And if that lot doesn't grab your attention, get your partner to check your pulse and make sure you're still alive, because I think that's all pretty exciting. That's the why. And uh, just to emphasize the why, I'm going to ask Dan to share a story very quickly in one minute, because we're really up against the time today. A brilliant story.
1: Okay, let me set the scene. 3 a.m. Thursday morning, 2012. I'm asleep in bed. I wake up, and I am absolutely full of the Holy Spirit. There's a 24-7 prayer meeting happening just in the prayer meeting over there. And I want to go, and I know that's the Holy Spirit. So I get in my car, drive as fast as I can to the church, praying on the way, and I come to the Itching Toll Bridge. Um, And there's a lady there that they used to collect coins. She says, oh, thank you very much, have a good day. I'm full of the Holy Spirit, no, you have a good day. I go up the Itching Toll Bridge, fly over the top, and then I see a young man with a hoodie walking up the side. And I'm like, Father, I pray that he would have a good day today. And I shoot past him, Vroom. look in my rearview mirror, and I look back, and he's climbed over the barrier of the itching toll bridge. I'm thinking someone's got to do something. I can do something. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I go down to the roundabout that used to be there, spin round, pull up alongside him. I am not trained in counseling, but that's not stopping me because I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I wind down my window and say to him, all right. <laughs> he turns around, looks at me. And I said, is there anything you need? My mum and dad have just split up. My girlfriend's just left me. And my nan's just gone into hospital. I'm going to church. Do you want to come along? Yeah, right. So he gets off the bridge, walks in front of my car, sits in the passenger seat. And we return the short journey back to Central Hall. And I'm in the car. And I'm like, what's wrong with your nan? And she said, he said um, she's gone into hospital up north with a heart attack. I'm like, mate, this time last year, my daughter was in hospital with a heart condition, and God gave us so much peace through that whole time, and he loves you just as much as he loves me. So, Father, I pray that you give this young man the same peace that you gave us. He begins to cry. Well, I do as well. We get to the church, and I'm hoping that there's someone decent there to to pray (laughs) because I'm out of my depth. We get to the prayer meeting just there. I open the door, and I'm not disappointed. Nigel, give us away, Nigel, was there with Peer Dad, I'm thinking, mission accomplished, I don't have to do anything more. Get in there, he's um we pray through all the issues that are affecting him. Um he gets up, he leaves, um, and then I explain to Peerdad and Nigel what has just happened that i met him on the bridge. They're like, Yeah, we know you told us. And I'm like, No, no, I met him on the bridge looking he was looking down into the water, thinking about what to do with the rest of his life. And then Peerdad's Dad's not very good at hiding her emotions. She's like, no way an hour ago we prayed for young people who were suicidal and depressed in the city nigel you prayed i was filled this young man was invited to church and we're all encouraged and father you orchestrated the whole thing
0: amen that's living fruitfully isn't it i mean what a fruitful day you had dan and that's only three in the morning i don't know about the rest of the day but that was brilliant um Let's get into the passage. Jesus said, I am the true vine. We haven't got time to go into this, but in Old Testament prophecies, Israel was referred to as the vine. And almost always it was a vine that was not producing fruit. And Jesus said, now I'm the true vine. i am come to bring in God's kingdom and God's purposes and God's plan and God's fruit. Um, And it was the last of the seven great I am statements of Jesus. And I'm going to pick on a few people now. Theo, give me a... Jesus said, I am the... Sarah. Oh, we have another one. Mikey. I am the gate, the door. Yep. Any others? The way, the truth, and the life. I'm the bread of life. Excellent. You, you're wonderful. All these great I am's, and this is the final one, where you've got all those in line in your life. You can then know Jesus as the vine, that you can be attached to and bear fruit. Fantastic. Jesus said in verse 1-2, My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that bears no fruit. This should disturb us a little bit. And I I wish I had time to go into this, but it's not the key point of our story. But I've read many limp-wristed interpretations of God cutting off people Uh, And they try and make it nice and mild. And and it's not mild. And Jesus said in verse 16, if any man does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away into the fire and burned. And Jesus said some awfully tough stuff, didn't he? And we need to look at the tough stuff as well as the the non-tough stuff. And I just imagine Judas sat there across the table and he's already decided to betray Jesus. This man who saw Jesus heal the... The lame, give sight to the blind, walk on water, calm the storm, turn water into wine, um, feeding of the 5,000. He's saying to Jesus, I don't want any more of you. I don't want to be in you. I don't want to remain in you. I'm going. And I'd rather have 30 pieces of silver than the riches of your kingdom. And I'd rather have the favor of the high priest, than the favor of the Son of God, and and that's where Judas was at, and maybe Jesus was giving him one last chance to turn around, but he didn't, and we know where he ended up. I don't want any of us to be worried about being cut off this morning. If you're here this morning, you're here because you love the Lord, or or you're looking to know the Lord, and uh, you're passionate about bearing fruit, and, you know, I don't want any of us to be worried about being cut off, but Jesus says some strong stuff, and... uh, Jesus is not mild in any respect. Some people portray Jesus as mild. There's nothing mild about Jesus, nothing mild about his love or his forgiveness or his grace or his purpose or his kingly rule or his warrior spirit or the fact that he's going to be our judge. Nothing mild in it at all. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, the father prunes, the word there is It's not really prune. It's cleanse. It's purge. The Father purges, cleanses us, so that we bear more fruit. And do you get the heart of God coming through here? He just loves us to bear fruit. And one thing I love about life is bearing fruit. I don't know about you. That's one thing that does help me get up in the morning very slowly. Um, But I get up in the morning thinking, what could happen today? and, And God purges us and cleanses us and there's sometimes stuff that you know is getting a little bit dead and a little bit diseased or is growing in the wrong direction that isn't going to be fruitful and I just like you to think for five seconds or pray this Lord show me what you want to cleanse in my life that's not going to bear fruit that isn't of you show me Lord I am the vine you are the branches if you remain in me you will bear much fruit. This is the passion of God for us, to bear fruit in this world. Uh, and there's two ways to remain in Christ th- that I can see, two types of remaining. One is a very positional connection, remaining, abiding. You know, that branch is physically connected to the vine. There's a physical, static connection and we have this positional being in christ that comes from believing jesus is the son of god he came in human form to make a way for us all to know the father it comes through faith we grow in faith and we learn to trust jesus and he's there with us and he's the good shepherd and he will lead and guide us and he'll take us through dark times and he will bring us to eternity and there's commitment We're committed to God's kingdom and to the King. And we're committed to His church, which is the great way that God wants to produce fruit in the world today. And we're obedient to His commands. He said, My command is this love each other as I have loved you. I'm sorry, folk, I don't love you that much yet. But we're working on it, aren't we? To love as Christ loved. And the world will be so impacted when the church rises up and loves each other to that level. And lastly, relationship. Remain in my love and I will make you my friends. There's this positional uh, abiding and then there's the, the living, dynamic abiding that is every day. And uh, the branches are taking sap from the vine. And I, I see... Uh, The Father is the gardener, Jesus is the vine. I see the Holy Spirit producing, you know, drawing life-giving sap to us um, that comes from the vine and brings us life, brings us nutrition, brings us health, brings us growth, changes the branch to be really healthy and strong. And uh, you know, God is far more mysterious than we reckon he is you know we sometimes think we've got him neatly packaged as the trinity god the father god the son and they're all separate and and if you go back to uh, chapter 14 that flora brought us uh, last sunday you, you see that the holy spirit's going to come and be in us and then you see jesus is going to come back and and then the father and i are going to dwell in you and you know it's just mysterious and wonderful Uh, But the Holy Spirit is really involved in us, the sap that carries the the life to the branches. And um, how are we doing? I'm going to skip over a little bit here. What is the fruit? Some rather lazy uh, Bible interpreters say, well, of course it's the fruit, the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and... And yes and no, the Holy Spirit brings those characteristics, that nature into us of being full of love and peace and joy and, you know, long-suffering and kindness and goodness. And that's the fruit of the Holy Spirit in us, changing us as branches into healthy, strong, vibrant, living branches That's not our fruit. Our fruit comes out of that. But our fruit is more than that. I want to give you my definition of what our fruit is and see what you think. Our fruit is the ways in which we impact the lives of others on behalf of Jesus. Dan impacted a guy on the bridge maybe going to be committing suicide that was an impact that dan made right there and then the way that we impact the lives of others as jesus representatives jesus said go and bear fruit there's got to be a going in bearing fruit you can't sit at home uh, and have all the nice lovely stuff of the holy spirit in you and and bear fruit you've got to go Got to do something. Boy, yeah. The slow growing fruit. And that's where we sort of invest in people or things. You know, right now, people are investing in the children and the youth, uh, and they're, they're sowing into them, and, and that will produce fruit over time. We had a young guy in our Ferrum church. We had loads of wacky young people in our Ferrum church, and I won't tell you stories, but one particular one uh, was was more wacky than the rest and believed he'd been abducted by aliens, but he loved God, and he was challenging. And uh, down the line, he's become a church leader, and I think, oh, thank you, Lord. And he invited I for lunch one day and apologized profusely. It had been such a, a pain in our neck. Um, and, uh, but he's a church leader. And, and we, we bear, you know, long-growing, uh, slow-growing fruit. Amy mentioned about, you know, she's praying for her school and, and then saw a bit of fruit with that young girl. And in our workplaces, you're bearing fruit I think I was known affectionately as the Godbotherer in my working days, which I thought was quite a nice title. Um, but wherever we are, Kibera, you know Dave and Chris and um, Neil and others are bearing fruit. It's, it's long, slow-growing fruit. So where is God called you, particularly, to invest for slow-growing fruit? Is it work? Is it your street? Is it youth? Is it good to think about that? We all need to be involved in that. And I I just look around the church and I see so much fruit coming from wonderful people in this church. And I want to encourage us. Uh, I I see a fruitful church and really the heart of this morning is to say, let's go on and be even more fruitful. But I want to talk about in the moment instant fruit. And... uh, We see in in the Gospels, Jesus sort of rocks up to a well and there's a woman there. And I just sense the Holy Spirit nudges him and says, connect with that woman and ask her for a drink. And so he asks this Samaritan woman for a drink, which she wouldn't do normally, wouldn't speak to a woman. And she was a Samaritan and she's a bit startled and it starts a conversation. And, And out of that heart of love, fruit of the spirit, Jesus connects with her, And then it seemed like he gets a word of knowledge that, you know, she's had five husbands already, and and, and that's a gift of the Holy Spirit. And eventually, the whole village comes to faith. That's a fruitful day, isn't it? I wouldn't mind a few of those days. Um, But it's in the moment, uh, meeting someone at a well. He met Zacchaeus up a tree, um, etc. And um, I just want to mention some ways in which we can cooperate with the Holy Spirit to produce instant fruit, and, and this is what excites me these days, when we're day by day <clears throat> looking to see what God's doing in people and getting involved. Um, sometime back when I went through a really dark time um, with anxiety, very weird and quite consuming and uh, very dark, and a friend of mine just came around and visited And it made a huge difference. I don't know, somehow just him coming and being a friend and talking about the Lord. And uh, it was just, I can't describe how important that was to me that he decided just to come and visit me. And God notices us, doesn't he, to visit people. And and you may bear great fruits in them. At that same time, I don't know if you remember this, Theo, but I was in the staff prayer meeting and sharing a little bit. And you just shared a scripture, Psalm 91. Uh, and that was my go-to scripture in that time. And it just meant so much to me. And it helped bring me through. The Lord is my refuge and fortress, my God in whom I trust. Um, sharing a scripture. When was the last time you did that with someone? That can really be a, a bong moment. Um, hospitality. Some people never get invited out for meals. What about listening to Holy Spirit when he might want you to invite someone for a meal? I'd just like to mention, Di and I do have our diaries with us this morning, just just saying. Share the gospel. Alan is here today because he met Grace in the park and she shared the gospel with him. Wow, that's fruit, isn't it? Instant fruit. Divine appointments. We, uh, we did the quiet Christmas uh, event, didn't we? Um, back before Christmas. And there was a lady invited there and, and she just loved it. And she just, and we, we asked people to write on a little star what c- was concerning them or worrying them or uh, grieving them. And, and then they came and put it on the tree and they took a dove, which was the piece of God, and She was full of this and she next day she was in a cafe uh, talking with a friend about this, and, and there was a guy next door on the table, and he couldn't help hearing. And he said, "I hope you don't mind, but I've been hearing what you've been saying." And he said, "I'm a Christian," and he started to minister to this lady exactly what she's written on her star. And the lady thought, "Wow, God knows I'm here." Um, we had a word from God once that the word was Myrtle. Just one word. I've got time to tell this story, but it caused us to buy a house. (laughs) Our stories. I shared a story of how God spoke to us through the Bible once on Alpha. And it was quite an amazing story. And the guy went away and thought, I'm going to try that. So he said, God, speak to me through Isaiah 12 too. And God did. And he came to faith. It's these lovely in-the-moment instances of bearing fruit that I think let's get excited about. I don't know if you've seen the film One Life, Nicholas Winton. He saved 669 children uh, really from Prague Czechoslovakia during the start of the Second World War and it was desperate and he got them to the UK. It's affected 669 lives. If I've only affected 669 lives in my life, I should be disappointed. I don't know how many you expect to impact. But let's not think small. Let's produce the long fruit that grows slowly. Let's day by day look for the instant fruit uh, that we bear as being branches of Jesus to his glory. Amen.